Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to Tech Sisters Stories. Tech Sisters is a community that supports Muslim women in tech through storytelling and sisterhood. My name is Grace, and I get to interview the amazing women in our community, share their stories and the lessons they learned. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, today on Tech Sisters Stories, we have Kenny Hassan. Kemi is a Silver Star award-winning Agile coach and certified Scrum Master with seven years of experience coaching teams, business analysts, managers, and senior executives on Agile values, principles, and practices. She leads and manages the process of delivering software products, as well as providing coaching and mentoring to various individuals and teams on how to become more agile and deliver value more effectively. Kemi is also the author of the incredible book, Taking Action, The Busy Entrepreneur's Guide to Mastering Time Management and Setting Smart Goals, a must-read for anyone ready to see their ideas move from dream to reality. We're so excited to welcome Kemi as our latest tech sister. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, and thank you, Grace, for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. Alhamdulillah. That's great. So how about we get started with how you first got into tech? How did I get into tech? Well, um, I actually got into tech for a friend. Um, she sort of introduced me to the various roles and responsibilities that are sort of available in this space, which was quite intriguing and interesting for me um, as somebody who hasn't come from a traditional tech background. So I don't have an IT degree. I don't have a computer science degree. Mm-hmm. I guess I was particularly drawn to the fact that you actually don't need to have those kind of um, backgrounds and degrees, etc., in order to be able to work in the space. So I was particularly drawn to in project management, business analysis, etc. Um, yeah, I started off as a business analyst, eventually became a scrum master, and you know, I've found where I am today. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Alhamdulillah. I like what you said about not needing those qualifications to get into tech, because I, I, that's so true. I don't have a degree in it either. I sort of fell in myself. It's just sort of finding, I wanted to find something where I could work from home back before it was cool. And it just so happened that I liked it. <laughs> Do you feel like that held you back in any way? Uh, not having those qualifications or that background in tech? Absolutely. And for me, um, I'd say it it held me back, not because I didn't have them, but because of the internal dialogue that I I used to have in the early days of my career, that imposter syndrome. Exactly. Because I didn't have you know, a computer science degree, because I didn't have an IT degree, especially like I said in the early days, I used to constantly sort of doubt, my, um, doubt myself in terms of, you know, am I deserving to be in this space? You know, I had a lot of um, negative internal dialogue. You know, am I good enough? Mm. Uh, I had a lot of that, you know, going on. I definitely felt like I was some some, some kind of imposter in, in the early days. And I, I would say that impacted me in terms of perhaps maybe opportunities I could have probably pursued earlier on in the early days because I kind of felt like I didn't quite, you know, I didn't quite belong. Mm-hmm. I think what you touched on is such a universal feeling but it's one of those feelings that when you're experiencing it you feel like no one else is experiencing it you know but there are so many people especially women who feel that way that they are not deserving of the position that they have or they're an imposter um maybe my next question is how did you push through that i I, I just did right so despite (laughs) despite you know those thoughts despite those negative um you know, um, thoughts that constantly sort of swarm my mind, I knew that in order to succeed, I just had to keep going despite it. So even though I felt that way, I still would pursue my goals and aspirations. And the fact that I was constantly, I guess, in demand, the fact that I 
I, I would um, get a lot of positive feedback. The fact that a lot of people would have essentially good things to say about my work, obviously that helped to validate what it is that I do know and I continue to progress in that regard. So my advice to anybody who is experiencing imposter syndrome of any sort and sort of anything similar to this nature is that just do it anyway. You know, like you've said, mm-hmm. most of us have those thoughts, have those things. I mean, we do sometimes, you know, we live with imposter syndrome, you know, in the end of the day, certainly on a day-to-day basis, you just have to kind of push through despite them. And I would say you're in that space because you get, I guess you deserve to be in that space. Right? Otherwise you wouldn't be there in the first place. Yeah. So keep showing up, doing the work. And there's all this external validation that you can have that kind of can offset the negative internal monologue that we get, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there, you know, there are, for me, um, obviously I went on to pursue different professional qualifications. Mm-hmm. So I trained with scrum.org, for instance, or, you know, my PSM1, my PSPO, you know, you can, you can, you can, you, you can upskill, right? You can, you can retrain. Um, you can, you know, like I said, validate what it is that you do or don't know by essentially developing yourself. And so that option is there, you know, don't, don't, don't let that imposter syndrome stop yeah. you from taking action. So as you're doing your work and you, you've become the Scrum Master and this, you've gotten these qualifications, mashallah, uh, what is motivating your work now and what keeps it exciting for you? As, I, as, as, as an individual, I am motivated by helping others succeed full stop. So for me, whether that is in the personal or professional realm, I, I, you know, there's, some, there's, there's, there's um, something exciting and, and incredibly rewarding to help people you know, achieve their goals. Um, and whether that's on an individual individual basis or on a team basis or on, a, on an organizational basis, for me, it's really exciting to be able to help other people do that, you know, and, and essentially help them win. On a day-to-day basis on my job, you know, I help team members become more self-managing, self-organizing, and it's just nice to be able to help them, re- you know, realize and grow as individuals um, on an organizational level. At the moment, for example, in this current climate, every business is um, affected by this ever-increasing, rapidly right. changing economy that we live in, right? So right. businesses have to become agile. And right. my job as a, as, as a scrum master, as a coach, is to help businesses survive and thrive by being able to adapt. And, and for me, it's, it's incredibly exciting to do so. I love being able to facilitate transformation. Mashallah, mm, I like how you ended that. Uh, it does sound like your motivation is very, very strongly connected to your values and the sense of contribution to individuals and to businesses. It really is. It really is. I think there's something, you know, you can't describe in terms of the feeling that you get when you're actually able to help people achieve. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. And the barakah you get as well, just from, from helping somebody do that. And especially if it's something that can put their life in a new direction or something that's more closely aligned to what they wanted to do. Absolutely. Alhamdulillah. I read a piece that you wrote about the difference between doing agile and being agile. And uh, I think, like you said, a lot of businesses are starting to introduce agile workflow. But what I've observed in my own personal experience, it's usually at like a very pick and mix kind of way of doing it. And they're not well, at least for very small companies, uh, usually so inclined to do like dive in and do full scrum and have a scrum master and that sort of thing. Uh, what do you think the difference is between picking and choosing agile methodologies versus doing the full thing? What can be some of the benefits? What are these companies potentially missing out on? So when you think about agile, 
a lot of companies, when you're first starting now, we tend to think about those common practices that you hear of. So, for example, right. stand-ups, right? I'm sure your company is doing some kind of mm-hmm. a stand-up. So there's stand-ups that people do, the daily stand-ups, or perhaps they're doing some kind of review. And that's fine, you know. Those obviously have their value. So the practices of Agile are mm-hmm. beneficial, okay? However, the idea of being Agile is more ingrained in being able to adopt the you know the, the principles and values of Agile. So putting people people before processes, for example, mm. you know, being able to embrace change. You know, we already spoke about the fact that we're living in a rapidly evolving climate right now. If you can't, if businesses can't adapt, you know, essentially they they, they die right now, and, and we're witnessing it left, right, and center. The idea of um, having face to face conversations, working software, all of this stuff. This is about this is this is really what Agile is about. Embodying those values, embodying those principles of Agile. Now, if and and that's the harder right. bit, right? Because that bit is not visible. You can't, you know, you can't see, for example, if your, if if your, um, it's not visible if the people that your teams are trusted, for instance, yeah. Because the idea of trust is is one that's ingrained deeply in in agile. Those are the kind of things that take some time to change and shift. Um. So I would say for companies and organizations wanting to be agile, the focus needs to be on those areas, on the values and on the principles. One of the first very important things that need, that that needs to be done when a company wants to shift to agile is looking at where are we right now? How are we against the agile principles? You know, how are we against the agile values? How are we in terms of delivery? How are we in terms of um having motivated individuals? You know, how are we in terms of having sustainable development? Those are the kind of things that need to be looked at, and then we need to def- you know, the company then needs to define um, a future state, an ideal future state. And you know, begin to work towards steps in order to achieve that future state. Okay, so in answer to your question, it's about embodying, practicing, and really living those agile values and principles, and that that takes time. Yes, I I do like especially what you're saying about having people before processes and building trust. And what that made me think of is uh, we're observing a lot of pushback from some companies who want workers to come back into the office after working remotely. And it, it seems like a lot of the root of that is this um, sense of control that while we were all at home, <laughs> uh, we were still being very productive, but we weren't like, I guess, being controlled directly. And I think with a true embodiment of those uh, agile values and principles, you trust your team members, you trust your colleagues, and you it, it goes along with self-management, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do, and, and 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 that's the bit that sometimes, like I said, can be harder for um, organizations because you know a lot of companies are obviously used to mm-hmm. work in a certain way. You know, they used, to, they used to work in a certain way. They used to work in not to say that there didn't used to be trust, but um, following you know you know rigid plan, for example, uh, and and then having things done in a particular order was the norm. And now you know now that we you know us agile evangelists have come and actually essentially we're saying that we want to do things in a new way can be a little bit uncomfortable for some people and, and, organiza- and organizations. So it just takes a little bit of time and getting used to. And certainly, you know, something like trust takes a lot of time to build up. Yes. I want to transition a little bit to your book, uh, Taking Action. So it's about helping people, especially women, achieving their dreams through goal setting. Uh, so what do you think is holding most women back from acting on their dreams? So I think what holds... I know, I know you've asked me about women, sure, but I'll say what holds um, everybody back, most people back from 
taking action with regards to a particular area is the mindset. Okay, it's, it's your thought, it's your thinking. I believe it was Henry Ford that says what I said. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, it's true. Okay, so it starts. I think success or failure starts from the mind. Whether or not you think you can or you think you can't will impact whether or not you actually even take any kind of action. Okay, I think there's, there's been some studies that show that I think about seventy to eighty percent of our internal dialogue, the thoughts that go on in our mind, tends to be negative. Uh, and 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 so how does this impact um, action? Well, the, the things that we think affects the way that we feel, and the way that we feel our emotions, uh, you know, affect whether or not we take action or, or, or we don't. So if you think, for example, you know, I yeah, I can't do it, you know, if you feel like, if you, feel like you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough, then that's going to make you feel demoralized, right? That's the kind of, you're, you're not going to feel empowered. If you, if you think that, oh my God, it's such a big task, so for example, maybe starting a business or changing a career, it's such a big task, it involves too much, you know, where do I even start? Those kind of thoughts um, overwhelm you, and then that, in most cases, prevents people from taking action. So, it, you know, it all stems from um, what's going on in your mind, it stems from what you're thinking, whether, whether they're positive, whether they're negative, um, and like I said, eventually that affects what you feel about certain things, and it will either propel you into action, So that's connecting also with what we were saying at the beginning of the interview about that negative inner monologue, the imposter syndrome holding you back. So if someone is experiencing this and they're being really held back by their mindset, um, what can they do to overcome that? Um, I think definitely one of the very first things that we need to do or the person would need to do would be to First of all, be aware of what's going on. So, you know, you can't change something if there's no awareness of it. Of it. So you're not, if you, you don't even know it's there, then it's difficult to change it. So first of all, just being more aware, being more conscious of the kind of thoughts that you're thinking. Um, and then when you're aware of, you know, those thoughts, then you can begin to change them or challenge them. So if you, you know, you're, you know I'm not good enough, for example. Says who? You know, where did, you know, where did that start stem from? I am good enough. I deserve to be in this place. I deserve to be in this environment. I can do it. By changing those negative thoughts into positive thoughts, you then you know, the person can begin to um, have you know better um, and more positive emotions, feelings around whatever goal he or she is trying to achieve, and that will eventually help the person take action. Okay, so for example, instead of thinking of, of the, the um, idea of changing careers, it's such a big task. Mm-hmm. I'm just using that as an example. Perhaps thinking like you know what, it's achievable. I can do this, and look you know for evidence in the past whereby perhaps, you know, you've done something similar. And, and then focusing on the kind of emotion, how you want to feel once you begin to take action in that area. You know, again, um, instead of thinking, oh, it's a big task, I can't do it. Actually break it down, okay, you know, what can I do now? I can perhaps look at training providers. I can look at, you know, specific courses I'd like to, to take. Break it down into smaller, um, you know, actually smaller things that need to be done. Because, because overwhelm is one that often prevent people from, from taking action. So if you begin to think of the big task or something smaller and you can break it up, that helps people to actually feel like it's more achievable, more doable. And once, you know, action begets action. Once you start going, then that kind of creates a ripple effect and that will eventually help you get to where you mm-hmm. want to be. So it sounds like there's two main steps. So identifying the core problem of what's holding you back, identifying where you want to be, and then break, figuring out how to get from A to B and breaking down that journey into very small, actionable chunks. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm wondering also, what do you think the role is in a supportive community in helping somebody 
to get there. Oh, it's profound. You know, it's just not, you know, your network, people that you, you engage with can either influence you, influence you positively or negatively. If you're surrounded by people who are not of a similar mindset, who are not trying to achieve similar things as you are, it can, it can pull you back. Whereas if you're in the right community, if you're, if you're hanging out with people who are similar-minded, who have similar goals, aspirations, who perhaps have done some of the things that you like to do, that definitely makes a big difference in, um, in, in, in helping you achieve your goals. So yes, it's very important to have you know, a good ecosystem of people that can help support you and you know, hold your hand with life almost. On, you know, on this journey. I feel like this is where I should shamelessly plug that Tech Sisters can be that supportive community. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing shameless about it. The reality is, you know, mm-hmm. that's what it's there for. And you know, if you have aspirations to come into this kind of space, then absolutely take advantage of, of, of platforms like Tech Sisters. The reality is, we, you know, we are fortunate to be in a digital era, you know, so a lot of things that weren't previously accessible to us are a lot more accessible now. You know, thanks to technology, etc. So definitely, you know, make useful platforms like you know, like this to essentially help you fulfill your your dreams. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking back on how I got into technology a couple of years ago. And it's changed so much um, just in terms of what's available for self-studying. The communities that are available support somebody who's transitioning from, you know, just being a stay-at-home mom like I was or other careers into technology. Uh, and there's so many more pathways. There's so many people who have a shared experience with that. Uh, you can just join join a group and say, I have this aspiration to do this. I, I'm tired of being a teacher and now I want to try building websites. And there's so many people who have done something similar yeah. to that and they can help you and they, they know the kind of the, the, the roadmap. Exactly. And that will help you achieve it faster. Absolutely. You know? A lot of people make the mistake of trying to figure out things on there. You can. You can do it sometimes, but it, just, it takes a lot longer than if you have somebody who can essentially show you the path, show you how they've done it. It, makes, it helps you speed up the, the, you know, the whole process and journey. Yes. I'm really enjoying this, alhamdulillah. Um, Kemi, what is one thing that you're most proud of? So it can be personal or a career. It could be somebody that you've helped. And what is it and why is it so special for you? I have actually co-founded a company called Locum. Mm, and Locum is a Scrum Master training company that helps people who want, don't come from traditional tech backgrounds who want to transition into becoming a scrum master and i co-founded this company about a year and a half ago now the purpose was to like i said help them change their careers successfully and i'm really proud to say we've been able to do that successfully over and over again you know by um uh, providing you know resources and the environment we spoke about you know how, how important it is to have the right environment in terms of the people around you who are on a similar journey the platform has, has really helped propel people into successful Scrum Master roles now. And so that's something I'm really, really proud of um, because, you know, as you know, as you know, it's one thing to have an idea, but it's actually um, another is actually seeing you know, execute it and see it flourish. And that's what's happened with Loken, and I'm really, really proud of that. Alhamdulillah, that sounds really wonderful and so impactful as well. Yes, you know, I'm, I'm really big on um, making a big impact, you know, through my work with Loken and some other stuff I've done in the past, for example, my book, you know, I'm being able, I'm, I'm able to realize, you know, to, to realize that, you know, I'm, I'm able to, to, to leave a big impact in, 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 in different ways. And something I'm really, really. Mm, alhamdulillah. Oh, may Allah put Baraka in all of your initiatives and all of your efforts, inshallah. 
Um, what is something on your journey that you regret or maybe you wish you did it differently? So I, um, I don't know, this sounds a bit cliche, but I don't regret anything. Okay. I don't I'm, sure I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I believe that my background, even though, like I said, it was not tech related, you know, I used to be a teacher. So before coming into the tech space, I, I taught in a, in, a, in a university in Saudi Arabia. That was my last teaching job. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe that everything I've learned along my along the way in my journey has you know, contributed to who I am today. It helps me to be, you know, I believe a, a good trainer. You know, it helps me to it's helped me, for example, to be um, patient, to be able to coach, to mentor, etc. So I, I'm really I'm grateful for my for my journey. I'm grateful for the things that I have done and equally those like that you know that I didn't do. Um, and so, have I, do I regret anything? No, not really. I really believe that everything everything that I've done in the past has led me to where I am today and I'm, and I'm just grateful for that. Alhamdulillah. So even if it felt like a setback at the time or like a limitation at the time, um, you have the realization and, and the the space to acknowledge that it has all contributed to where you are now and it's all part of it's all part of the puzzle that makes you you. Exactly. And you know, I'd like to say that that makes me uniquely yes, me, right? Exactly. Nobody has my journey, nobody has my story. That's right. That's right. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And um, what is something or someone that you feel very grateful for? Um, does it have to be one particular no, of person? Course. You can have a list. <laughs> <To be> honest, <laughs> and I do. I mean, I've got a list. I'm I'm just grateful for the people that I have around me in general. Mm. And when I say that, I mean, you know, my mentors. So I've got a great uh, mentor. Her name is Liz Parnell. She um, helped me with regards to just helping um, advise me in terms of my professional um, development. And I'm grateful for her input and, and her advice, you know, in that regard. You know, I've had some amazing managers, again, who have been very, you know, who, who have trusted me, right? They trusted me, they've, they've encouraged me, and then they've, again, helped to support my professional growth. So I've had, you know, for example, then Darren Meldrum, um, you know, one of my first early managers, whilst I was producing, I've had various, various, various people just support me on my journey, and I'm honestly really grateful for them. And I think we spoke about the, the importance of having, you know, being around the right people. Um, even even with regards to sort of my, my, my colleagues and my peers, again, we support each other, we help each other along the way, we, we advise each other and um like I said, I've got a long list of people I'll be here all day <laughs> trying to listen to me if um, you know, if I did that. But they've certainly helped to, you know, get me to where I am today. Just being being amongst um um good people has, has really been something I've been blessed yes. with. Yes. Alhamdulillah, yeah, the blessing of good company, good friends who are supportive and, and help you yeah. to grow help each other grow. Absolutely. Uh, that's beautiful, mashallah. Is there anything else, any last words of wisdom that you'd like to leave us with? Um, just that, you know, if you want to do it, go for it. So if you're like me, um, who has come from a non-tech space, you know, doesn't have a computer degree, don't feel intimidated. There are surprisingly vast amount of people that are in the tech space who don't have these, you know, qualifications um and luckily today there are so many different professional courses that you can take um in order to you know to build a skill set skill set so one of the things that you need to do is to identify you know your skills and sort of see um in relation to the the various roles that are out there which one of these roles best suits me and just go for it you know go for it um there's so much out there there are so many um communities to help um you know, support you along the way, like obviously tech sisters. Yeah, just I would say if you've been, if you've been thinking about it, please just do, just do it. What have you got to lose? 
what have you got to lose exactly? <laughs> Alhamdulillah. And Kenny, if someone wants to follow you and see what you're up to, uh, where's a good place where they can get updates from your work? They can follow me on LinkedIn. You know, find Kenny Haston on LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn, and I'm also on, on Instagram as well. Excellent. We'll put the links of that in the description. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed our talk. Thank you very much, Grace. It was lovely being here. Thank you very much. I hope you liked that story as much as I did. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to it. Please consider following us and leaving a review if you like this episode. That really helps us a lot. And if you're a Muslim woman in tech, please go ahead and join our community. It's free. It's fun. It's supportive. It's a great time. That's all for me. Assalamu alaikum.